Welcome to Healing Wisdom, a Thursday morning talk show featuring guests sharing their stories and knowledge. We discuss the healing aspects of the arts, metaphysics, social justice, and adventure through all types of terrain. So join me, Pandora Peoples, here on WOMR 92.1 FM in Provincetown and WFMR 91.3 FM in Orleans. We're streaming worldwide at WOMR.org. Our theme music is provided by Mazin. You can find her website at mazinmusic.com. That's M-A-E-S-Y-N. rock and roll souls. My guest today has received 14 music awards, including a gold record. He is Australian singer-songwriter Peter D. Harper, and he'll be performing with the Midwest Kind November 5th at 8 p.m. at the Music Room in West Yarmouth. And also at the Music Room, he'll be playing with Cheryl Arena for the James Montgomery Harmonica Summit on Sunday, November 6th. There will be a 5 p.m. harmonica workshop, a.k.a. harp workshop, followed by (laughs) a 7 p.m. concert. So welcome. Thank you so much to Harper for being with us today. Hey, no worries, Pandora. Thank you very much for having me. So I've been really enjoying your didgeridoo music. And, you know, I've always loved the didge. I grew up in Venice Beach, California. So there's a lot of didgeridoo everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spiritual (laughs) music. It's really exciting that among your many different types of tours and venues that you play world music festivals, I would love for you to talk a little bit about your background and how you came to integrate the didgeridoo with your rock and blues sound. I know you were inspired by Muddy Waters and Little Walter and Sonny Boy Williamson as a kid. And I would love for you to talk about what happened when you met Hopi Dan Running Bear. Where were we? Colorado. We were up in Colorado. He was uh, playing a Native American flute. And I just started doing didgeridoo. It was new to me. I was still green with it. I wasn't the best player in all. You know, I was terrible. The two instruments together were magnificent because it was it was so deep and spiritual and natural. And, you know, we just got into a bit of a trance with it. And I think we played for about an hour. <laughs> you know, back in those days, I was, I was very new at didgeridoo. So I, I was finding that uh, hard to deal with at first because he was brilliant. So, but, you know, I, I learned from the native... Australians, they taught me, and uh, I actually asked permission to do it because I'm not a native Australian. I, I was wasn't even born there, and they actually were great. They were like behind it a hundred percent. But it all started. I was never going to play one. It was just I, I did a blues jam. I just went along, and this guy came up with a didgeridoo, and he said, "Can I jam with you?" I said, "What with?" And he's, he says, "Oh, this didgeridoo," and I went. All right. And I had this one song that didn't change. It just stayed on the one note. And I thought, well, if you got one in, in A, we can do it. And he said, yeah, I happen to have one in A. And we did this song. And I went, that sounds better than when I wrote it. You know, that just that haunting sound. And I went, man, we got to use that. So I started writing more songs. And what's really weird is these Aboriginal guys started coming along and encouraging me to do it and I'd, I'd had that all my life with them and and they sort of said oh mate you can do it we'll go and get you the real ones not the fake ones that people say are real uh aboriginal didgeridoo so they took me to the place where i purchased my first one and then uh 
they taught me how to use it. It took forever because it's not easy. Like you said, it's, it's actually very difficult. And I think what people do is they see the size of the thing. They think they've got to put all this air in there, which you don't, it's, it's all up in your face. So, you know, I had to learn that part of it. And, and I think it took me about a month to get a noise, but that wasn't the hard part. The hard part was the circular breathing, which was, you know, your body doesn't want to do that. It's like, why are you doing this? We're going to die. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, it was, it's really funny because I started falling in love with it and I started writing songs about the people of Australia that were treated just as bad as a lot of the Native Americans. And I started using words and, and songs to go with that. And they, they started, the, this is a true story. When I first learned it, I was, I was terrible. I wasn't that great. You know, I was like, I was taking sneaking breaths every now and again. And so I'm doing this gig in Byron Bay, the beach hotel. It's a massive hotel. And the whole Aboriginal community dressed up and painted themselves in their dancing color, you know, the white and all that. They do that. And when I, I said, Oh, gee, no pressure here. <laughs> I've got the whole Aboriginal community out. And they're doing these dances around me and on stage. I think there's a video somewhere of it. And I was, man, I was so scared. And they were just so uh, helpful at, at getting me better and better at it. And I think they deliberately put me under pressure so that I would learn more. And, and I, I did, thankfully. And then I started, I got a deal with Blind Pig Records. And I thought, they're not going to like this stuff. You know, this is not blues. And they fell in love with it and said, no, it's awesome. You know, we've got to have it. And then I did three CDs with that company. And unfortunately, they don't exist anymore. They've gone. Now, you probably know that anyway. But, uh, you know, they were really helpful as well. And my band put up with it and the crowd loved it. And I thought, oh, this is it. And then occasionally you get people saying, oh, it's a gimmick. And I go, no, it's not. It's actually because I don't do it every song. You know, I do it in choice songs. And I go, it's not a gimmick. It's something I thought was great for some of these songs. But you're always going to get haters no matter what you do. You know, it, it doesn't matter. They go, oh, you should just stick to harmonica. And it's like, why can't I expand? <laughs> Why do you have to be cruel? 
So that's a shortened whole story of how that thing came into my life. But it was from years ago when I, I, I was a kid. I was in the middle of the desert with my father and, and uh, we were stranded by two running bits of water. We couldn't go anywhere and we were going to starve to death and, and some Native Australians came along and fed us and looked after us for about a week while we survived this flood that happens. It's called the Fitzroy Crossing in Western Australia and it happens every winter. They, it goes from nothing to six foot swell of rushing water and uh, they saved my life and um, I've never forgotten that. So it, it seems now that I was meant to do this, you know, and to speak about their plight like Midnight Oil does, you know, that's what I love them. Yeah, it would seem that fate put you there. Yeah, yeah. Did they speak to you about your spiritual mission or was this all unspoken? Like, did they say, oh, this is some kind of initiation? Well, they, they keep giving you little hints, you know, that one of them actually did a painting and it was me with my wife and it was me holding a didgeridoo and she had her purse running along and they did it. And you're only allowed to, if you get permission from the elders, you can put these roots on, they put them on the, on the corners and it's um, spirit man and spirit woman. And he gave us that painting before I learned the didgeridoo. So, and they're amazing people. And I was one time I was in Sydney after meeting one of my friends called Tukaby, or he's known by his name, his white name is Turtle. <laughs> and he um, he did a lot of help for me. And then one day we were in Sydney and there was this Aboriginal group just playing didgeridoo and I'm standing there watching because I'm trying to learn how to get better all the time. And I was speaking to the guy and I said, man, I wish Turtle was here. And he said, he's right behind you. <laughs> we didn't know he was there. He just did, from nowhere, this guy just turns up. It's kind of crazy, you know. It's, um they're, they're amazing people. They have a deep spiritual feeling with the land, as do Native Americans too. They, they have that, or Natives of any country, I'm guessing, has this deep spirituality with their land. And that's stuck with me all the time. You know, like even when I'm writing, I, I feel that. I feel that call to, to talk about things like that, and I try and keep it nice. I don't want to be preaching or anything. So, you know, there's a little game you have to play with music so you don't, annoy people with it, but you still get a, a kind of a message across. One, two. We 
people don't believe this stuff it's like oh, okay you don't have to it's not really important you know that people don't believe it it's like it doesn't matter you're just missing out on half of your creative life that's as far as i go with it i don't you know because people always want to start having a go or you know and i just try and sneak out of that one and go look <laughs> you have your beliefs and i have mine it doesn't really matter it's not going to change anything you're not going to change me i'm not going to change you so let's just be friends yeah. Let's talk about and, football. And, and when people poke... Poke the bear? Like, well, yeah, exactly. When people bait the bear within, you know, like, because they're like, oh, you know, what is that a gimmick with the didger? Sometimes it's it's the dark in a person or the, the unevolved part of a person trying to steal the light. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think... Yeah, but I was like that too. Practice whatever our spiritual or creative process and practice is like. It just got to keep infusing us, and we just have to keep using that energy and and just let our you know let everything else fall away and just surround ourselves with people who don't take the light. <laughs> yeah, and I think you know I think in my early days I was the same. I was just like a rock and roller and just doing all the crazy stuff. I had a magnificent band that unfortunately none of them exist anymore because they got onto the bad stuff which is sad because I did meet one two years ago and he was the last living member of the band and now he's passed. And that was a huge band in Australia. I mean, we were, you know, road crew, trucks, all that sort of stuff, the whole nine yards. But I was never super happy with it, you know. And, and then when I started doing this, where I wrote all my own music and added the instruments I wanted, it changed everything for me and made me super happy. And you know, I, I, it's come a long way since those early days that I used to do just harmonica. And it's what's strange is now people talk about the didgeridoo and they don't talk about the harmonica at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mind. That's fine with me, you know. Do, do you want to talk a little bit about your, your music writing process? It's really hard to explain it because sometimes I think I'm not writing it. It's something else that's writing it. And, and um, that happens quite a lot not only with lyrics but also with the music itself there are things that you think you control but sometimes you don't and uh, i've had to get used to that so when i'm coming up with story usually i'll have a broad idea of what i want to say you know and then it all just seems to come flowing in from somewhere from a higher higher place i think and uh maybe from my um gorgeous australian native folk well, they like to be called the first Australians. That's what they like to be called. They don't like the word Aboriginal, even though that pertains to every person who's the beginning of any nation. So they like to be called first Australians. That's what they like to have. And so that's what I should call them. But they've, they've been really, really helpful without even being here. You know, I think, you know, you have to open yourself up to these things and then it just comes naturally to you, you know what I mean? Just... That's the thing, you know, open your mind. Free your mind. Wouldn't it be something if we all could get along? There would be no hunger and the world would be so strong. No need for an army, there'd be no one to fear. If we 
possibilities Believe in one another Believe it is your right The world would be a better place If only we would try I said love We just heard Peaceful Off Rise Up by Harper and the Midwest Kind. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Healing Wisdom on WOMR 92.1 FM in Provincetown and WFMR 91.3 FM in Orleans. We're streaming at WOMR.org. I'm Pandora Peoples, and we're speaking with musician Peter D. Harper of Harper and the Midwest Kind. So songs like Peaceful are really lovely. <laughs> Isn't it gorgeous? A nice antidote. They, like you said, you know, people try to make you think the way you are. And I, I don't want to do that. I just want to write the songs and you take it any way you like. And if someone came up to me and said, oh, that's about my uncle, I go, yeah, fine. Right. It might be, it might not be. It doesn't matter, you know. However it touches a person's spirit or soul or, or helps yeah, exactly. process something or think about something, maybe in a new way. <laughs> I like that one, um, Hell Yeah, because it was just an angry piece. It's a real American thing, you know, hell yeah. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, this could be everything is crazy, you know, can't get relief, you know, and I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about other people that feel that way. Right, right. So I'm taking it as a third person doing a story, which is a good way to write sometimes because I want to, I want to uh, experience it from another angle instead of everything being about me or, or my thoughts. Right, right. I think people really sort of paint themselves or write themselves into a corner when they feel like their creative expression has to be so personal because it's a way we work things out and empathize with people is to to try to be in somebody else's consciousness or thought process. Yeah, and it's nice to do that. Like you actually put yourself in another position and see how it feels. And that opens you up to a lot of different ways you can do a song, you know, like uh, plus there's influences too. I mean, I have a, my, one of my great influences was always Bill Withers. I just oh, love yeah. that guy. I mean, everything he did, grandma's hands nearly yeah. cry every time I hear it. Yeah, really, really, so really beautiful. He, he was one of those guys that really excited me because his songs were honest and simple. You know, they weren't difficult. Although just the two of us is awesome. I mean, that's a beautiful song. And I used a lot of his ideas in my ideas, like simplifying the bass, keeping the groove going, and and keeping it running, not changing it, not trying to be weird. I didn't (laughs) want to go down the jazz route, although I do that on other things. But I do play jazz sometimes, and I like that. Uh, The pandemic actually made me start writing for television, and I get opportunities to do different things. Like uh, there was one that's a spaghetti western I did. It's like fun, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have a song that reminds me of Nirvana, too. So you you go a lot of different directions. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. And some people said uh, Alice in Chains. They think I do a bit of Alice in Chains. you know, I go, look, okay. <laughs> if you like, yeah, fine. That's nice. At least you're not saying I'm something really gross, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
you're going to be performing at the Music Room in West Yarmouth, November mm. 5th, and then November 6th, you're part of a Harmonica Summit. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, James has known me for a long time and he's always told everyone, he, he sends his students to my shows. He says, if you want to learn harmonica, listen to this dude. And I went, oh, thanks for the pressure. Mm -hmm. And uh, I love him. He's a great guy, you know. And I haven't met Cheryl Arena, but I've heard she's great at workshops and stuff, which I'm not good at because I it's hard for me to show people what to do because my playing is so weird, as you know, kind of out there. I, I was always a... I always admired Sugar Blue because he was always unusual player. And I like individuality with that. But I can understand when you're learning, it's nice to get a basic understanding of what playing is. So I've got to be doing that soon, Pandora. So that's going to be – I've done a couple, you know, a couple of workshops, but I know she's the expert at it. And James is just an awesome guy and a great player. So I can't imagine three harmonica players are – together so that's wonderful a big part of teaching is just is just inspiring people by being holding space for them and then just being an example and letting the spirit completely take you and just being really present and and people learn so much from that yeah and i think i i always do it like um there's a way to do because most people are always asking things like how do you bend notes and how do you do this and how do you do that and i'm i'm good at that I can actually tell them it's like whistling, you know, if you want to bend a note, if you can bend a whistle, that's pretty much it. You know, it's, I, I try to make it not mysterious. You know, it's like um, a lot of people made didgeridoo mysterious. It's not, it's, it's just a lot of practice. Yeah. Uh, once you've got the sound, which is exciting when it happens, right? It's like, wow, I did it. And then <laughs> forget what you did. <laughs> you got yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's inspiring to hear you talk about it. Uh, it's definitely something that everyone should try and then try some more and then try some more if it causes Of course. Them. It's okay. a very de deeply spiritual instrument and it's uh, it's known to cure sleep apnea for those people who have it. Really? And That's it's amazing. also uh, good for chakras. Uh, you know, um, a lot of people use it on medical. Now, I'm not going to say that it cures anything. Of course not. But I have used it for people that have cancer and uh, special needs children. They love it. They love the tone. They love the vibration that it gives them. And uh, it's it's a very positive thing to do for someone. So, you know, it, it, there's something in it. And I think it channels your mind into a different reality. Yes. Yes. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about what the uh, sort of traditional thoughts are from the first people of Australia around the instrument? <laughs> you know, because they they have a whole whole uh, whole lifestyle that's so different from us. It's beyond our comprehension. The the rainbow serpent, the dream time, and the, and the didgeridoo is an integral part of it. It's the only instrument, except for some sticks. You know, and they will use those instruments. And what they're doing is they're actually creating the the drop the 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 basic sounds of the animals, the all the different things that go on. So they'll tell a story and the guys playing will add things in. They'll do uh, calls of dingoes or, you know, all sorts of different animals. And we've taught this at schools. We've gone to schools and taught about the Aboriginal people. It's just part of what we do um, when they ask us. So we'll go along and we'll teach children about the didgeridoo and the Aboriginal people of Australia or the first Australians. And then we'll... Um, We'll also get them to paint their own didgeridoos, and we use 
golf tubes, you know, those tubes that they yeah, use yeah. to hold golf clubs. They're non-toxic. I found that out. And they will grab them and they'll paint on them and they'll play them. And we've done that in China, England, Germany, I think we did it there. And, of course, here in America, we've done it quite a few times. And that's a great way to teach people about a different way of life you know, without getting too deep. And I, certainly with children, I won't tell them the nasty stuff that happened to them. Try to keep that out of it. Thank you so much, Harper, for joining us today. Your band, Harper and the Midwest Kind, performing at the Music Room. Yeah. Yarmouth, November 5th and 6th. Thank you so much. I love you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Healing Wisdom at Outermost Radio. All of our shows are podcasts at WOMR.org. Also check out HealingWisdomRadioShow.com and contact me at Pandora at WOMR.org.